It's Tuesday, March the 22nd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Biden flagged bioweapon danger and UN counts Ukraine's civilian death toll. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden said there are, quote, clear signs that Russia is preparing a, quote, false flag attack in Ukraine that would pave the way for its using chemical or biological weapons. Russia's President Vladimir Putin has accused Ukraine of running a biological weapons program. The American president reckons that Mr Putin's, quote, back is against the wall. A pro-Kremlin tabloid reported that nearly 10,000 Russian soldiers have died in the war, though the figure was deleted soon after it appeared online. Separately, Russia summons the American ambassador to Moscow to warn that relations between the countries are, quote, on the verge of rupture, after Mr Biden called his Russian counterpart a, quote, war criminal. The UN Human Rights Office said that at least 925 civilians have died in Ukraine since Russia invaded on February 24th. The figure includes 75 children. However, the OHCHR said its calculation is likely to be a severe undercount, as it has yet to factor in the toll in some besieged cities, such as Mariupol, which are currently being raised by Russian bombs. Most civilian casualties are being caused by, quote, explosive weapons with a wide impact area, it said. The Biden administration urged private firms in America to, quote, harden their defences immediately to guard against possible Russian cyber attacks. An official said there was evidence of, quote, preparatory activity for an attack, but not of any specific plots. Separately, a Russian court designated Meta, parent company of Facebook and Instagram, a, quote, extremist organisation. That could make buying ads from the social media platforms, which are already banned in Russia, a crime. The label does not apply to WhatsApp, another meta property. The latest operational report from Ukraine's armed forces said the Kremlin is calling up reserves from the, quote, depths of the Russian Federation to the borders of Ukraine, but that its advance in many areas has either stalled or is being repelled. The report claimed that Russia is bombarding Belarusian soldiers with propaganda to encourage them to join the invasion. China's government pledged another 10 million yuan, $1.6 million, in humanitarian assistance to Ukraine. It is not clear whether China has also provided aid to Russia. When the war began, China expected a swift victory of its Russian ally that would put America and its allies in their place. A month later, its support is being complicated by the economic cost to China of sanctions on Russia. Other news. Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, said America's central bank must move, quote, expeditiously to raise interest rates in order to counter inflation. The Fed raised rates just last week for the first time in more than three years. America's Securities and Exchange Commission proposed that public firms be required to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions and climate-related risk exposure. If emissions generated by firm suppliers and partners are, quote, material to investors, they would need to be accounted for too, 
Alibaba said it would increase the number of shares it intended to buy back over the next two years by $10 billion to $25 billion. The share price of the Chinese internet giant has slumped over the past year, in part because of a government crackdown on tech firms and fears that Chinese companies may be forced to delist in America. Berkshire Hathaway, the investment and holding company run by Warren Buffett, bought fellow conglomerate Allegheny for $11.6 billion. Like Berkshire, Allegheny owns several insurance companies as well as a toy manufacturing company. And fact of the day, 1.1 million, the number of people in America who work for Amazon, the country's second largest employer. And now, here's today's agenda. Israel takes a turn as peacemaker. In the two weeks since Naftali Bennett, Israel's Prime Minister, flew to Moscow to meet with Russia's President, Vladimir Putin, his attempts to bring about a ceasefire have been met with both hope and incredulity. Many of Israel's citizens emigrated from either Russia or Ukraine. And so far, Israel has kept a neutral stance by refusing to supply Ukraine with weapons or join sanctions against Russia. That puts it in a unique position from which to mediate. But brokering peace is a formidable task. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, and Mr. Bennett have been in frequent contact and are rumoured to be meeting soon. But in an address to the Israeli parliament on March 20th, Mr. Zelensky warns that, quote, you can mediate between countries, but not between good and evil. For his part, Mr. Bennett claimed some advances in negotiations, but admitted that fundamental issues remain. If all sides agree to talks in Jerusalem, he may yet be able to prove his worth as a peacemaker. Navalny faces the wrath of the Kremlin. He is the most effective domestic critic of Vladimir Putin, who spares no attempt to silence him. In 2020, Alexei Navalny survived a poisoning and was promptly jailed for three years on trumped-up charges. On Tuesday, he finds out how much more prison time he faces, this time for alleged embezzlement and contempt of court. After another mockery of a trial, prosecutors have asked for 13 years behind bars, plus two on probation. No one expects the judge to be lenient. Mr Navalny's true, quote, crimes lie in challenging Mr Putin's regime and revealing its rampant corruption. Mr Navalny himself remains defiant. Quote, you can't put everyone in prison, he told the latest trial. Even if you ask for 113 years, you won't scare me. His health is deteriorating under the punitive regime of the Labour colony where he is incarcerated. But every day, he gains moral and political weight. Germany's newest car maker. At a celebratory event on Tuesday, the first electric cars will roll off Tesla's quote, Giga Berlin assembly line. The opening of the American car maker's first European factory marks a milestone in its attempt to usurp Germany's establishment firms. 
German auto firms, led by Volkswagen, dominate sales at home and across Europe. But Tesla is catching up. Its European sales were up by 30% year-on-year in December. Volkswagen's were down by 30%. The new factory, which aims to produce 500,000 cars each year, could accelerate the shift. It has already forced the competition to shift gears. Volkswagen is building a new factory, with the explicit aim of making electric cars as quickly as Tesla does. Tesla's factory will burnish Germany's green credentials and cement the country's status as Europe's king of cars. Government officials are making sure the Americans feel welcome. Today, the Chancellor, Olaf Scholz, will meet Tesla's boss, Elon Musk. AMLO's White Elephants The decision in 2018 by Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, to scrap a half-built airport in Mexico City cost his government at least 185 billion pesos, $9 billion. So a lot is riding on its replacement, which opened on Monday. Felipe Angeles International Airport is controversial. It has a capacity of 19.5 million passengers a year, 40% of the number served by Mexico City's current one. The two airports will operate in tandem, complicating the capital's airspace. Transport connections are unfinished. So far, only four airlines have signed up to operate flights. Similar doubts cloud Mr. López Obrador's other signature infrastructure projects an oil refinery in his home state of Tabasco, and a train around the Yucatan Peninsula. Those, like his airport, have been dogged by a lack of transparency, rising costs, and environmental damage. Everyone agrees that Mexico needs more public investment, but many reckon the country would benefit more from new roads, schools, and hospitals than presidential megaprojects. A nationalist blockbuster polarises India. The Kashmir Files had a paltry budget and little pre-release publicity. But since its release on March 11th, the film has polarised India. It chronicles the flight of Hindus and the disputed region of Kashmir during an insurgency in 1990. But this is no balanced account. Vivek Agniotri, the film's director, insists the exodus was, quote, genocide. His film shows Hindus being massacred. The killing of Kashmiri Muslims, which occurred at the same time, is ignored. India's ruling Bharatiya Janata Party has endorsed the film. At least eight states governed by the BJP have subsidised tickets through tax breaks. Government staff in Assam were given time off work to watch it. Videos have gone viral of people spouting anti-Muslim abuse after watching the film. Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister, said films like these need to be made so that people can know the truth. That the film's quote, truth, suits his Hindu nationalist agenda is no coincidence. Last week's quiz winners, a little late. Thank you to everyone who took part in last week's quiz. 
we are sorry that we did not announce the winners on Saturday, as promised. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia, Hans Hoffman, Hong Kong, SAR, China North America, Stephen Hiscock, Kingston, Canada Central and South America, Sylvia Freyand, San Salvador, El Salvador Europe, Christian Leschleitner, Kufstein, Austria Africa, Duncan Sloan, Johannesburg, South Africa Oceania, Alison Morris, Sydney, Australia They all gave the correct answers of Anna Wintour, Brothers in Arms, Eugene, The Art of War and Idiot. The theme was Russian novels. Anna Karenina, The Brothers Karamazov, Eugene Onegin, War and Peace and The Idiot. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday The title of which book by Samuel Smiles a favourite of Margaret Thatcher, is now used for a whole genre. Monday, which Jane Austen book is a satire of gothic novels? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Marcel Marceau, who was born on this day in 1923. It's good to shut up sometimes. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 